What's up, everybody? It has been a while, but we are back again. I'm Noah Hiles. I'm Alex Stone. And you're listening to another episode of the River Blast Podcast. And Alex, while we have a, a big list of guests that we would like to have on this show one day, you know who we could probably cross off that list? Uh, uh, who just croaked? Uh, Luke Perry. Dude. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, we're starting with that. Yeah, we're going to start very... This is the morbid episode of the River Blast podcast. No, it's actually Keone Kella. Oh, yeah, him too. So, Keone Kella, and uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that this is the main Pirates-related news story halfway through spring training. It's never a good... It's never a good thing. It's never a bad thing, though. Like, if this is, like... yeah. I mean, what, what... It could be a lot worse. What good... Spring training stories, like unless you're the Phillies, like obviously that's yeah, an I was exciting say, thing. This, but like, the whole market's crazy nowadays, um, so there could be a lot of good stories. Yeah, that's true. Training. But I mean, for the most part, it could be worse. So nobody's getting Tommy John. Exactly, and yes. and if if they were, you wouldn't hear it from Keone Kella, no, because he's not talking to the media. You know, as two members of the credentialed media. Yes. Uh, I will ask you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean. It, Obviously, the first take is you could see someone, the fights, the feuds that are going on in Pittsburgh media, and be like, no, I don't want any part of that, which, if that was... What are you talking about? Should we start feuding? No. I mean, we can't. I'll I'll start feuding with Jared. We need to have a beef. Let's not mess around with Jared in the publication that he works for. I like Jared a lot, but, like, you know, the... We don't want to get in the mud with them. I don't. I don't like we'll feuding with them. We'll find someone. North Shore Nine. We could start a. We could start a beef. Beef with them if you want. Boom. I. I. I don't know any of them personally. They seem to have a great podcast. They. I. I interact with them positively, like on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. But which is why we hate them now. We might have We're starting to, a beef. Hmm. Yeah, we might have to start a beef. Yeah. So that's all right. Besides that, but. Look, he doesn't have to talk to anyone. No, he doesn't. If, it's if not the, in their the thing, CBA that they have yes. to talk to a single person. Yes, it is a courtesy that is extended from the player to journalists. Yes. And obviously not doing it. If he wanted to brand himself, this is definitely going to make it much more difficult. But if he really doesn't want to and he just wants to show up in the office and do his damn job, all the more power to him. I mean, we talked about this earlier that if there is... Anytime there's a media scrum around a relief pitcher, it's not good. Unless, he messed up. He gave up a three-run homer in the either, Yeah, lost. it's either you had a very, very bad outing or you achieved something significant. Yeah. Like, the the you only was, ones I can remember scrums being around were Contos had a whole bunch of them at the beginning of the yep. year last year. And then Felipe, we scrummed him, you know, during his, like, stretch in May. Where he was doing horrible, uh-huh. but then we also had a scrum with him when he became an all-star. Yes. So, like, those are the only ones I can recall with, like, a reliever. And then Keone had one when he came here, which is to be expected. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I like this. I liked it. I mean, because the Pirates, if you're going through personalities on the team, and this sounds kind of weird to say, but they have way too many nice guys. On the team. And I like that. As, as someone who's in the clubhouse and gets to talk to them, you know, you don't, you you hope to not have, like, a, a hard ass that will be ru- rude to you, you know? No. And especially when you're shoving a, a camera or a microphone in their face, mm-hmm. you know, you, don't, you want someone who can understand that you have a job to do. However, when you're in a position where you're able to compete, 
you need an maybe not an enforcer, but someone who's willing to be the badass. And you look at the Pirates teams who succeeded from 13 to 15, that was A.J. Burnett. A.J. Burnett, yeah. when he told Hanley Ramirez to sit the buck down, I mean, that was like an iconic... That's something that like I'll look back on. I mean, it's not to the same level of like when Lambert threw Cliff Harris down on the ground, but like that was like a big moment where it's like the Pirates are no longer whipping boys of the entire National League. And while that season kind of went to hell... You know, it was nice to know that we have someone who's not going to let us get ragdolled. And Keone Kella, by just saying, like, I'm, I'm a badass. I don't need to talk to the media. I don't care what any... I'm just here to play ball. I can respect that. And that's fine. I, I did a one-on-one -on -one with him last year. Uh, go ahead before... Well, no, I was going to bring that up. You, you, you ruined him. I did. So let me tell you what happened before that. So it was his first game here. And uh, we had the pregame scrum, and I just remember I was, like, reading up on him. And, like, you know, the fan the whole day, he was the main subject of conversation because the Pirates were involved in the Archer rumors, mm -hmm. but no one took those seriously, you know? No. So, like, everyone was just saying, like, oh, you know, we had beat reporters on from um, Texas and everything, just, like, telling us a little bit about the guy and hearing that. And they're like, he can have a little bit of edge to him. Like, just a warning. And I was like, cool. Like, this, you know, I, because the Pirates really had all nice guys. So it's like, I never really had to deal with, like, someone who might snap on me, which is kind of scary, but it's also a little exciting. So the pregame thing, he was actually nice. He introduced himself. He went around to every reporter there. I don't think, this is before, Alex runs on his own time before the game. He doesn't show up to the pre the pregame stuff. I show up to some of the pregame stuff. <laughs> he, he runs on stump time. That, so that he'll, he'll show up to the the the, the pregame meal and sit with me at, at, at dinner before the game starts. But uh, very rarely do you see Alex in Clint's office before the game. Which, uh -huh. I mean, I don't blame him. I, I, I have to be there. So, um, anyway... He goes around, he introduces himself to everyone, nice guy, and then after the game, uh, that was the game where I think Polanco had like the, the play of the game, he threw a guy out at home plate, mm -hmm. and um, I just wanted to interview Kella because I think Archer also started that game, if I'm not mistaken. But I wanted to interview Kella because everyone was at Archer, and I saw, I saw Keone get out of the shower, and he was like... Hey, anyone want to talk to me? Like, I got family here. I want to go speak to them. And I said, like, hey, I'll, I'll do a one-on-one -on -one with you. And I'm on my way over there. And I get over. He's like, come on, let's go. Let's do this now. And he's, like, in a hurry. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I was like, well, I'll let you get dressed. And he drops this one-liner on me. He goes, what, you ain't ever seen a dick before? Get over here and ask me these <laughs> questions. <laughs> and I was like, I, like, looked at him. I was, like, frozen. I was like, uh... Well, I got I have seen a dick before, so like you was know. that your first naked interview? No, I mean I've done like I it's just like a courtesy thing, you know. Yeah, like, yes, it is a courtesy thing, but like I've I've done interview my, my first naked interview was with Colin Moran. If that's not Colin Moran's awkward enough. So yeah. like, you know, like add so, nudity into the mix. Yeah, add nudity in the mix. So like after that, now I think that was like actually my first interview in a clubhouse. So like oh, so after, you started strong. Yeah, so I was like, you know, it's all uphill from here. And um like, I just learned, I'm like, yeah, just 
Like, because if I was in there, she was like, yeah, just let me put some underwear on real quick. Because mm-hmm. if, a, if a scrum starts and, like, cameras and everything come over, because that can happen from time to time. Where you're talking to a guy and they just jump in. I mean, yeah. there's a certain reporter who jumped in on this one-on-one, you know, that some people don't like in the Pittsburgh media. He has his own website. Uh, and, he yeah, he kind of just interrupted the one-on-one, but no big deal. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I just asked him, and he wasn't even thinking. He just stayed in the towel the whole time, and I was like, oh, all right, yeah, thanks, Keone. And, uh, yeah, that was my only time I spoke to Kella, but, like, I just, there was one thing I'm salty about. I wanted to ask him this year. He's from Compton, and he warmed up to, uh, what is it? It's, um, something, oh, shoot, it's by Tupac. Hang on. Fill oh, I'm me, out of my fill, element here. Fill, fill in for me. Fill in for me. Uh, oh, well. Ambitions as a rider. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but there's like a lot of Z's in it and stuff like that. Man, did I just sound white there. Yeah. Uh, so. I said I didn't know, so you're still the second whitest out of this conversation. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> um, here, let me, I'm, I'm looking to make sure. I'm looking to make sure. Then I guess I should say that my first naked interview, I didn't expect to be a naked interview. I, like, I was talking to Gary okay. Cole a couple years ago, and he's like, yeah, I got a couple minutes. So I'm talking to him, and in the middle of the interview, he just, like, takes off his shirt, then he takes off his, and he just, like, strips mid-answer. Like, it wasn't like I was still asking him questions in between. Like, he had, like, a one-minute answer for whatever I Gary had. Gary Cole's for, voice is awkward enough, so. And he's just. That's coming from the And by the end of it, you know, he's, he's completely naked. It's like, okay. Good for him. I had, like, one more question to ask afterwards. Um, yeah, so it is Ambitions as a writer. But anyway, he's a big hip-hop fan, um, and I wanted to ask him... I just wanted to talk West Coast 90s hip-hop with him, because, like, he's, like, in his, you know, mid-20s, late-20s, so I wanted to be like, give me your Mount Rushmore. Like, I wanted to know if he was more of a NWA fan, Snoop Dogg, Tupac... I mean, Alex, you know, you could give a shit less, sorry. I like a, Kanye. You do like Kanye. I, I'm a big Kanye fan. All right. So, moving on. Um, I guess the other main topic here for spring training, to quote Tupac and say, all eyes on me, all the eyes have been on uh, third base play. Yeah. Uh, we uh, Apparently, Jung-Ho Gung is poised to be the best right-handed hitter since, oh, geez, I don't even know. <sighs> Vintage Albert Pujols. Oh, I was gonna say Hank Aaron, but I mean, okay. yeah, we could go, we could go Albert Pujols. I mean, he's vintage just, Albert Pujols. He had like a five, he ten, heck, straight, a ten year, stretch. ten year stretch where he hit three hundred thirty home runs, a hundred runs batted in. I know that you know a lot of sabermetric nerds like yourself, Alex, would scoff at the <laughs> idea that I even mention RBIs and batting average, but I still think that that he ten year stretch against the Pirates every year. I mean, like he just was the best right handed hitter in baseball for a decade, so. Yeah. You know, clean. If you, if A Rod might be in that conversation as well. I think I'd rather have Peak Pujols than Peak A Rod as a hitter. See, as an overall player. Yeah, I was gonna say like, uh, like Texas Rangers A Rod. Yeah. Oh seven A Rod. I mean, those were pretty good players. But um, third base, nonetheless. Uh, Jung Ho Gung absolutely mashing the ball. I love the sarcasm that comes with every Adam Barry or John Parado update. It's like <laughs> the mighty Jung-Ho has struck out. <laughs> but, like, I mean, the dude's hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah. Key Bryan's having a hell of a spring. Yeah. Who predicted that? Uh, I did, too. 
Okay. I we guess both did. I said did that he was going to have the highlight play and then, like, his I first I said game, he was going to kill the ball, and he did. You did say that. He didn't I, walk off Grand Slam. Yeah, that was going to be my highlight play that I That's true. Up. So we were both. I right. thought you were more in the field, though. You I said a web gem. All right, I did say web gem, I guess. I, w- I would count a walk off Grand Slam as highlight. That is play. a highlight play. So, yeah, keep Ryan Hayes. And uh, believe it or not, the silent one out of this trio is Colin Moran. Yeah, and it's unfortunate for him because Jung Ho could take his job this year and Hayes could take his job next year, and then Colin And Moran's... the year after that, and the year after that, and yeah, the year, like forever. Jung, Colin's gone at that point. <sighs> so, I mean, like... It's, he's not... Not only is he not playing as exceptionally well as these other guys, he's just playing flat-out bad. And so he, that's my question for you is... I mean, we obviously know what they're going to do. There's no chance they call up Hayes this year. Well, they... They this, should. This year, yes, not opening day. I, like, he I hasn't mean, paid, played in AAA yet, but if push comes to shove in like July or August, I could see, it, and if he's hitting well in AAA, yeah, bring him up. I mean, I would like that, because like, Jung Ho's a guy where, I mean, you don't have Jung Ho on your roster because of his glove. No. Case in point. He, so, he's I mean, fine, but... I mean, yeah, he's fine, yeah. but like, I'm fine with using Jung Ho... If he's going to hit the way he did in 2015, to use him in the field the same way. But, like, you know, we just, we'll just find a way to put you in the game. Yeah. And, like, we'll get more creative. Like, if Travis Shaw can play second base, so can Jung Ho Gung. Yes. You know, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get Jung Ho's back. But, like, Brian Hayes might be the best defensive infielder the Pirates have had in our lifetime. He Pro- has that potential. Probably since Jack Wilson. Yeah. And, I mean, even then, like... Jack Wilson shortstop with third base, I'd say, is probably a little bit harder of a position to defend. I don't know. I would say short's the most physically demanding. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but I don't know. I, I would say, I would say most third basemen can play shortstop. I don't know if most shortstops can play third base. I'm the opposite way with that. Really? Yeah, I think it's more likely that you could get a good defensive shortstop and slide him over to third base either at the end of his career or or in the middle of his career when he's got Derek Jeter there. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Do you watch Beef History at all? On SB Nation? On SB Nation? I do. I gotta plug it. I, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, it, it was good. I just yeah, watched I the watched, I, wa- I did too. I did too. That was really interesting. That was, that was wild. Can I tell you something embarrassing? Yes. And, and, uh, and the hundreds of people that are listening to this. Humble brag. Hundreds of people. I mean, we can literally say that. How cool we is that? Could, why are you guys listening to this? But we love you. Thank yeah, you. thank Please you. Please don't um, stop No, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, when sometimes when uh, when Noah Hiles gets drunk, he comes home and watches Derek Jeter's final at bat <laughs> against Evan Meek, his final at bat in uh, Yankee Stadium. Like I could tell you, His like group fastball. I, I could tell you everything that happens in that. There's one out. Brett Gardner gets pinch ran for. He comes out. Evan Meek's on the mound for the Baltimore Orioles, and they're just the script is ready to be written, and it's the first pitch, base hit to right. And they wave him home. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. I mean, I, I watch that all the time. We really got off the rails there, but yeah, I'm just well. a big Jeter guy. Nonetheless, getting back to it, I I personally do think like Brian Hayes. I've never watched him in person, but I'm to the point where you know this kid's talented. Why not just? I understand why not, but I still will ask. Why not just have him be the opening day third baseman? Well, if it's him and Gung. He, I, he hasn't played in AAA yet. And, you so know, what? Okay, I'm, 
what what the Blue Jays are doing with Vlad Guerrero is Jr. is criminal. Is criminal. Yes. What the Padres are doing to Tatis Jr. is criminal. Tatis, I thought. Tatis, Tatis, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't really say that for Hayes, though. No, I, I am, no, I'm no. I'm so high on the kid. But, but I'm worried that it's going to become... It's, it's, I'm worried that it'll come to that, though. I don't want it to be like that. You know, if he comes up this year, then I'm fine. But, like, I, I, I'm, I'm also just to the point where it's like, we know this is going to happen. We yeah. know, like, if you... If you got Neil Huntington drunk and you sat him down and said, Neil, tell me, I mean, do you really have any expectations for Moran? He'd be like, shit, no, man. Like, <laughs> that guy's that guy's a placeholder at best, you know? And, like, I, I if they're going to play him at first a little bit this year, then maybe he has a little bit of value and, you know, he's a left-handed yeah. bat. and he's He does deserve man. a second chance, I guess. He was a high. He was considered the He's Astros' third baseman pick. of the pros, the future third baseman of the pros for the Astros before Bregman came up. Yeah, it's a real shame that you know they just went mess around and drafted the best infield in all of the major leagues. Yeah, darn shame. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I don't know how much confidence I have in Moran. Honestly, if he could get the ball in the air like he did in AAA in 2017, do that in the major leagues, then yeah, he could be a good hitter. Good hitter, poor fielder, and bad base runner. Uh, I see his ceiling being like a two or three war player, honestly. And that's Where not I the look worst at thing Cabrini, in the world. No, no, that, that's, yeah. that is a valuable major league ball player yeah. right there. But I look at Cabrian Hayes, and I'm not... Uh, my, the way he's hitting the spring training, my mouth's like salivating. He's like, dude, is at, this Chapman? Is this Matt Chapman? Is at, the at worst, he's Chapman. like a two war player. Yeah. At worst. He's going at to best, be worth be like two wins above a placement with his glove and his... De- in his base running alone. Yeah. And, and like, I, I caught a couple games up in Altoona this last mm-hmm. year. And there was one game where it was a play to his left. He made it look easy. And you kind of reflect on it afterwards. It's like, that was incredibly difficult. And he made it look easy. I mean, if he would have, like, dove and made the play, people would have lost their minds. They're like, wow, how did Brian Hayes make that so play? So is this guy going to end up being, like, the next... I mean, I don't want to put the pressure on him to compare I, him I, to Kutch. But, like... Is is it going to be like this for him? I mean, is he going to be like it's the, the next the superstar? Concern. Yeah, because like even though he's mashing the ball in spring training, last year he was a, a better than average. But I thought above, he hit like three hundred last year, not with not a lot of power. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as third baseman go, he's going to be an averageish hitting third baseman if he does this in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Which you know, averageish hitting with that defense is a really good player. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like a three-time All-Star in his career, you know, something like that. But if the same way that like Pablo Reyes has come out of nowhere and since he's been on the major league, you know, scale, it's mm-hmm. all of a sudden hit all these homers and doubles. If Hayes can do the same, then yeah, I think then maybe he Adam Frazier, another guy, yeah, where Adam the power Frazier just came out of nowhere. I just looked at it. Uh, he led second baseman in OPS in the second half last year. Yeah, I mean, he killed the ball last year. I, I, I know thing. he did kill and, like, the ball, but he it's never had a it's season like, in wow. the minors where he hit more than, like, two home runs, I don't think. No. So, like, yeah. For him to hit ten... No, it, it, the power still could come for Cabrian, yeah. for but... Yeah, for sure. I'm, How big is he? Is he a he tall guy? He's a decent size guy. His dad played a I know, baseball. yeah, Charlie Hayes caught the final out in the 96 World Series. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what everyone talks about <laughs> when they bring him up. So let's just say similarly framed. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, Charlie was kind of a, a husky fellow, if I, if I recall well, correctly. 
Cabrian's also younger. Yeah. All right. So anyway, to wrap up our third base talk, is Jung Ho the starter on opening day? Right now, yes. He has to be. I mean... And he's got about... Probably your cleanup hitter. Maybe not cleanup, but... Who, then? Lonnie, if he's healthy. Doesn't he have, like, penis tightness right now? Or something. Something like that. Would they call it lower extremity tightness? Yeah. That's how we all came into this world, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I kind of like the right, left, right, and I'm assuming they're going to bat Marte third again. So I'd rather have... I, I would think I like Marte fit. too. You go Frazier, Frazier Marte, Marte, this is how Dickerson, I, This is how Gung. I would build a lineup. I don't know that's how they do it. Yeah, but Frazier, Marte, Dickerson, Gunn, that's right, left, right, left, or left, right, left, right, and then... That's how I would build it. I don't know if that's how they're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, probably not then. Yeah. All right. Just... Based off of my experience. All right, Alex. So uh, moving on to our next thing we want to talk about. You had... Sometimes I'll write something and you'll want to talk about it. And it makes me happy. We're going to do that for you now. You had a story in the Point of Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, and basically, you can boil it down to two words. Do something. Yes. Go ahead talk about Anything. it. Anything. Uh, this has been an off-season where we could look back on it and see how many of these... Reliable Major League starters. You mean former Cleveland Indians? Not even just Cleveland. Uh, former Cleveland Indians, not <laughs> yeah, Cleveland former I mean, all, Indians. Pretty much, pretty much all of them. Yeah. But good players that have been signed up for dirt cheap. And you could look at the Pirates and, okay, they wanted to slash payroll again for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they just, they might have really missed out this offseason. Because you could look at a guy like Jordan Lyles and be like two million and be like, yeah, that was a good signing. And then Wade Miley signs for four and a half. It's like, man, I really wish I would have had Wade Miley instead. You could have, you could have kept Jordan Luplo, and you could have got Jose Iglesias on a minor league deal. deal. Yes, and I like Eric Gonzalez. I'm rooting for the guy, but you know his ceiling is Jose Iglesias. Yeah, and you could have got yeah. For yeah. cheaper. For cheaper. And the player, without the player And you cost. could have kept your outfield depth. Yeah. And Alex would have been happy because his friend Jordan and still be here. And Max Moroff. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, that was a twofer for me. Man. Yeah, that, was, that tough. was tough to see for you. But there's still, I mean, is anyone in this fifth starter race, Brault, Lyles, Kingham, really inspired any confidence in you? So well, Nick far. Kingham and I had a nice conversation on Twitter okay, yesterday. Okay, yes, okay. Then I'm just going to stick about with the Frick Park market. So I'm all I'm all on the Nick Kingham bandwagon. Okay, but between the chalk lines, none of them have inspired me at least. And I know yeah. they're doing simulated games. They just haven't looked good. And you look at Dallas Keuchel, and you look at Gio Gonzalez, still on the market, and they are within the Pirates range. I know they say seventy-five million. Gio has to be. Yeah, I, I know mean, Keuchel's going to get, like, a one-year deal. I don't think he wants a one-year deal. No, but, like, eventually he's just going to have to. Okay, but what if... I hate to say, sound like this, but if the Pirates came in with 224... Two years, he, 24 million? Would he take that over, like, 117? Yeah, probably. But they're not going to give that to him. Why shouldn't they, though? I know they won't, but why shouldn't they? There I is mean, not they'd a have the best rotation reason. in baseball if they signed Dallas Keuchel. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the only other one would be, like, Washington. Yeah. I mean, I would, like, Keiko, Archer, Tyone, yeah. Musgrove, and Williams. Like that's Whenever Joe Musgrove is your number five starter, yeah. you're doing something A guy right. who literally gets you seven innings every time he gets Musgrove his. would win 15, 20 games <clears throat> if he kept going up against number five starters all yeah. year. I mean, poor Stephen Brault. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know how he would handle that news, but yeah, but if that's. <laughs> I mean, if, if we had to sacrifice him for the good of the core, then so oh. be it. And that's what's frustrating. Like, if they spend a little money, okay, they want to cut back on payroll. Okay, I could also cut off my foot and save 50% on shoes. That, yeah. That's not a good idea, though. I agree. That's a bad idea. I agree. You're, if your you're teeth are falling... Pr- you're really proud of that one, aren't I, you? I am proud of that one. That was If good. your teeth are falling out, you're not going to get rid of dental, dental insurance, right? No, now. you're not. And, like, the, I just like the analogy where it's like, uh, you can't expect, if you run a kitchen, you can't expect to serve second-rate food. And people mm-hmm. to come in for it, like you mm-hmm. have to, you have to give the good stuff for people to want to come in and buy it, and eat it, and consume it, yeah. and consume your product. And and like I, like you, you mentioned it in your article. One of the best moves that they've made in the last however long was stealing Dickerson. Yeah, for probably the player that everyone wanted gone the most. Yeah, they traded Daniel Hudson. No one wanted gold him. for gold. Yes. And and while you know the Rays were able to get rid of Hudson and they won 92 games. I mean, the Pirates got a gold glove outfielder and a guy who yeah. hit 300 and yeah. You know, for the month of July was the hottest hitter in the game. And they and I it's hard to ask them to like repeat that amount of success in one move again, but I mean, there there are opportunities out there where like they could totally do it, but I, I guess and, last and year it's not just Dickerson. Like the David Freeze, that was a March signing. Yes, uh, or if you want to go extensions, I threw extensions out there as an option also for the Pirates. Cutch was doing a something pretty. He was a March extension. So was Starling Marte. Yep. Uh, Gregory Polanco and Josh Harrison signed like the day after opening day. Yeah. So I would count those as mm-hmm. March-ish extensions. Yeah. This is the time of year where Huntington traditionally has made a big transaction. And like a successful transaction. And a successful one. I don't think there has been a time. The worst one is probably the Josh Harrison extension. And in the grand scheme of things, they still got an all-star season out of that in a reliable enough. I don't regret theater. one thing with the Josh Harrison extension. No, no. It he just he wasn't, earned every it, single penny that he got from this Yes, team. it wasn't an absolute steal like the McCutcheon or Marte deals, yeah. but in the grand scheme of things, good enough contract. Yeah, he earned everything he got. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, they, they. This is where Huntington has made his big moves. And I guess. And this team needs a big move because can, the front. Not the front. Over, ownership squandered so much goodwill that it's not going to just take one good season of Pirates baseball to get all these fans back. It is going to take. It's going to take a stretch, for lack of a better comparison. It's going to take another 2013 to 2015. Type run. I think just one playoff appearance will get everyone back. Not everyone. There's just, no, there's just no faith that we're going to make it back to the playoffs. And I think and when you speak of no faith, there was no faith that they were going to make a move like Dickerson last year. I, I remember I was looking through yeah. Time Hop and I saw it was like, wait, they actually got a guy who was an all-star last year? Like, what the hell happened? And, you know, if we weren't expecting it last year, then, you know, I know we're not expecting it this year, but it could still happen this year. And like like we both said, there are still players that can, you can go get them, you yeah. know, and I mean, make uh, it happen. Geo. Geo, well, yeah, Keiko's. Keiko is the big fish, I get it. But if Geo Gonzalez wound up on the doorstep and said he's the number five starter, everyone should just shut up. That is a great rotation right there. No complaints whatsoever. Right there with Gio Gonzalez as your number five starter. 
Keiko would just be a spoiled riches. And honestly, if he's doing showcases in March, you would take any deal. And maybe not any deal, but uh, we just said two twenty four. But what if they offered him Liriano money? I mean, I I just uh, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know about this this whole off season that we have in baseball anymore. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, how did totally not collusion would do that to an off season? Though. Well, all of this going on, all of this said, like people aren't talking about this enough. How the hell did Andrew McCutcheon get paid what he got paid? Because he signed early. Fair. I mean, I mean, good for Kutch, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good, good for, for him, but like, if you Adam if Jones, you told me. You could have Andrew McCutcheon for was it three years, three fifty one, I think it was, mm-hmm. or you can have Bryce Harper for three thirty. I would definitely say give me Kutch, but there are a bunch of other ways I would rather spend fifty one million dollars yeah. this off season. Like fifty one million dollars, I could have built a pretty good. You could have got a whole team of free agents. Feels like it. Yeah, or at least you know four of them. All right, so we we teased this a while ago. And because there isn't much to talk about, I'm our dedicated up. listeners, Alex, sit back and relax. I'm going to take the reins here. It is time for a cat story. So to give you guys some perspective here, if you're not loyal listeners to the podcast, I said maybe two or three episodes ago that I have three incredible cat stories in my life. And uh, I said that you know, when when certain podcast episodes come out and there just isn't much to talk about, we will rely on the cat story to carry us home. And uh, this is the first time this will happen. So, Alex, this cat story, this first one, this is the best one out of all of them. All right. This cat story takes place when I was around 13 years old. I grew up in a tiny, tiny little town called Eldersville, Pennsylvania. It is in the borough of Burgettstown, Pennsylvania, which, if you're a concert goer, you will be familiar with the venue Key Bank Pavilion. That is where Burgettstown, Pennsylvania is located, and that's where I grew up. I grew up in Eldersville. Like I said, it's a small area within the community of Burgettstown. So I grew up very active in my church community, There was a family, not a family, it was a husband and a wife, I should say, that attended our church, uh, and his name, uh, the the man's name in the the relationship, his name was Ken, and Ken, uh, he really loved our family, and he loved our family, Um, you know, he liked that we, we were sports fans, we invited them over for Super Bowls and watch parties and everything, and, you know, Ken didn't have a lot of friends, so, you know, anytime he had a sports take, he'd just call our house. And he didn't care who he talked to. It would be me, my dad, sometimes my mom, sometimes my sister, who was maybe like nine years old at the time. But like he would spew off his opinions. And they kind of relied on us to do some stuff, some stuff with them. And um, so he came up to me one time at church when I was 13 years old. He said, do you want to cut my grass this summer for money? And this is my first job. So it was a big deal. It was a big deal, and I was like, I asked my dad, I was like, can I use our mower? Can I cut Ken's grass? He maybe lived five minutes away from us, and my dad said, absolutely, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. And I was like, all right. So my dad dropped me off. We had a push mower and a riding mower. 
not that we were rich or anything. It's just, you know, we had a big yard. A small town in Pennsylvania. Yes, exactly. So he drops us off. He drops me off, and I'm cutting the grass. I'm focused. I'm doing my best. And, you know, I'm really just, like, trying to soak it all in. Like, this is the, like, I'm 13 years old. This is the first day I've worked in my whole life. I've, I've got I've to gotta really make this count. And I wanted to make it, like, something I'll always remember. Well, damn it, Alex. This is something I will never forget. So, the way their house is set up, they've got a decent-sized yard. I cut their front yard. I cut the right side of the yard. I cut the backyard. And the last part of their yard I need to cut is a stretch to the, uh, I guess, if you're facing the house, it would be the left side. So, I'm cutting it. I'm going up. I'm using the push mower at this point in time. And I'm, I'm about halfway done in the middle of the left portion of their yard. And all of a sudden, I hit something. It sounds like I ran over a pile of rocks. You ever run over some rocks with a push mower? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, what the hell was that? I don't know. So I stop. Mind you, this grass is tall. It's the first time you cut their grass. So your, your grass is tall. I look. There is a cat skeleton. Spread eagle, like arms, like like a like a bear fur, you know, like in front of like a like a fireplace. It is a cat skeleton, spread eagle, laying in the middle of their yard, just a dead cat. I ran it over. Wow. Yes, I was like, what the hell is this? So like, I'm 13, and I'm like, oh my god. So I go and I knock on their door, and I go get them. I'm like, Ken. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, I just ran over a dead cat in your yard. And he goes, what? And I'm like, yeah, come here. So I walk him out. I show him. He looks at it. And I did not know what was going to happen after this. But the reply shocked me. He goes, oh, yeah, that's Boots. He ran away uh, a couple months ago during the winter. I guess this is where he ended up passing away. This is a family that has like ten cats. Wow! And Boots ran away. This is maybe like April. So Boots ran away in February and just died. Right in their yard. And so then they didn't know where he was. He was like 10 yards from his house. And this thing's just dead. So then I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? So then he goes, well, let me go get my wife. He goes and gets his wife. She's out in the front yard crying her eyes out. Like, oh, my poor little boots. Oh, my poor little boots. Just bawling on her hands and knees. Just, oh, no, oh, no. And meanwhile, like, I'm, again, I am 13. And I'm just like, what, what, what do I do here? So, so then, like, after all this happens, I'm just sitting here like, um, you know, my dad told me, like, I got a job to do. I got to do it, like, to the best of my abilities, you know? And so I said, like, hey, Ken, like, what are we going to do about this? And he goes, you know what? Just cut around him. This is where he would want to be. <laughs> this is where he would want to be. He was an alley cat, and <laughs> that's what he would want. So I cut around it, and then, like, it just looked like shit. Like, their their whole yard was, like, cut, and then they just had this one big grass patch, and, like... <laughs> Like, before, you don't really recognize it, but, like, when you're cutting around it and you're running it over and everything, it smells horrible and it's hot. And I'm like, 
you can't just let this cat just decompose all summer long in your yard. So I was like, Ken, like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, 13-year-old Noah is giving advice <laughs> to this grown man. I'm like, you gotta man up. Gotta give I was like, cat, Ken, man. I don't know what to do here. And he's like, you know what? Uh, why don't you dig him a grave and you can bury him and I'll give you, I'll give you some extra money. And I was like, I didn't sign up for that, but okay. So I go, he gives me this shovel and I had to get this cat off the ground and it's so dead and decomposed. It's like, like welded onto the ground. So like, and it's just falling apart. Like I had to like literally like chisel it off the ground. Like it's arms and legs are coming apart. I ended up breaking it into like a six, like six pieces like it was gross and like there's no there's like some fur on it still like it's just like awful and again I'm 13 like I'm just like all my friends are like riding like you know dirt bikes or like swimming or doing whatever and I'm just out here like breaking this dead cat into like six or seven pieces <laughs> and then I dig a hole and then they come out with a bible and they make me read John 3:16 and so you could add uh, funeral directors. Yes, to this too. and so yeah, I, I literally dug a hole and buried this carcass of a cat, and read a Bible verse, and then I had to mow this last patch. And then he paid me, and then like he was like, "You want to come in and get something to drink?" I'm like, "No, like I don't want to be around you right now, man." <laughs> and like just call my dad and tell him to come get me. My dad came and he was like, uh, "So how was it?" And I was like, dude, like, if this is, if this is how work is, if this is how every day of work is as an adult, then I don't think I'm cut out for making money. Because, like, that was tough. Wow. So that is my cat story. Wow. <laughs> was it worth the wait? It was worth the wait. I'm kind of flabbergasted in general. So wait, I'll just I, I, tell I, my I, other I, one. I, I, I think it's the part that's getting me the most is the we'll cut around him and then like a couple yeah, minutes dude. later we gotta give him a proper Christian funeral. Dude, that's exactly <laughs> it. Like I was like, wait. That's a hard 180 right Well, like there. I was just like, what do you mean cut around him? Like, I it just like, it just didn't, like I couldn't compute. It, it's like if you would have built a house right where they, a PNC park in center field where they like had the pee in center field and the grass when they used to do that. Like, I mean, it was a, it wasn't, that yard was not that big, but I mean, we'll just say in the infield. Like, if the house on the infield was, like, if the house was on the pitcher's mound and his yard was probably the size of, like, the infield at PNC Park, like, this cat would have just been dead, like, in between the pitcher's mound and third base. Like, in the grass portion of the infield. Like, it stuck out like a sore thumb. Like, people would just be like, what is, what is there that is your grass is so high? And then they would have walked up and they would just saw a dead cat. And that was there. <laughs> So that was my first dead cat story. My third one's not that good, so I'll just tell the second one and we'll just end this podcast, okay? So, oh, or are we gonna save it? No, 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 no. Oh, we're gonna. We're just gonna or, do we're gonna it now. We're just gonna do them now. The second dead pot. The second dead cat story is real quick. Um, it takes place in, also in Andersonville, Pennsylvania. It's actually, a couple nothing years. good happens in this town. No, none at all. Just keep your cats away. So this uh, this other one, um, I was eleven. <laughs> I was 11. So you were a little desensitized by the 13-year-old cats. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, when you grow up in the country, like, I never hunted or anything, but, like, people, like, hunted our land. We had a lot of, like, property. 
So, like, yeah, you're desensitized towards, like, dead animals. Like, it was not uncommon for me to, like, be playing in my backyard and see, like, a grown man dragging, like, deer carcasses, like, through our yard. Like, it was nothing. Like, I'd just be like, oh, yeah, it's a deer. Like, that's someone's food, you know? Like, it, <laughs> like when you grow up in the country, like, you're used to that. And, like, some people who grew up in the country as well, you're like, yeah, yeah, but, like, you know, other people are like, that's messed up. And I, I'm standing on the, that's messed up, and, you know, my grandparents lived in uh, Somerset, which is, you know, yeah, yeah, an hour and a half-ish away from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, like, I, I've got a little bit of, like, the Pennsylvania country yeah, flavoring. Pennsylvania, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, <laughs> this I is mean, just... I'm from the country, here. and I like it that way. <laughs> uh, no, but, um... So, this one, yeah, we had a pool. It was an above-ground pool. We weren't, you know, we weren't... We weren't rich. But, uh, yeah, we had an above-ground pool, and I was swimming after a Little League game. I might have had some friends over or whatever, and, uh, it was like... There was, like, a big tournament that was going on. Like, which was, like, how every summer of my childhood was, was baseball tournaments all summer long, and, um, so, like, I was out swimming, and my dad was like, hey, you know, like, we got a game tomorrow, and he was always, like, the coach, so he's like, I'm going to bed, he was like, before you go, before you go, like, come inside, make sure you put the pool cover on, and, uh, he was especially adamant about me putting the pool cover on that night, because there was this cat, when you also learn you live in the country, like, stray animals are not a rarity at all. Especially, like, cats. So, like, this straight cat just came up, and it had a collar on it, and its name was, like, Kelly or something. And, uh, I was like, oh, cool, like, it's this little cat. And I really liked it because it learned how to climb up the ladder for our pool, and it would just, like, stand on the ladder and meow at us when we were playing in the pool. And it came around for maybe a couple days, and he was like, Noah, please put the cover on the pool before you come inside, or otherwise this cat's gonna fall in and die. And I was like, yeah, whatever, Dad, go to bed. So, the next morning, I wake up, getting ready for my uh, big baseball game. I had my pregame ritual meal of pop tarts and water. That was always my big. That was always my big meal. My roommate Dalton here, who I've known since I was eight. The pop tarts and water is a whole nother story. Pop tarts and water, bitch. Uh, but but uh, pop tarts and water was like my breakfast pretty much every day from like kindergarten to, like, maybe, like, my freshman year of high school. The breakfast of champions yeah. right there. <laughs> but, so I'm having my Pop-Tarts and water. I look out my back window, and I look at the pool. I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to put the pool cover on. And then I look in the pool, and there's a floating object with a lot of fur in the middle of the pool. And I'm like, oh, no. And so I sprint into my parents' room. I'm like, Mom, Dad! The cat fell in the pool, it's dead, it's dead, the cat is dead, oh my god. And my little sister hears this, and like, I've never seen anyone just wake up in tears. Like, she just woke, she was maybe like nine or eight, and just, just bawling her eyes out before we could even go outside and like have a verdict on this. And sure enough, like, we go out there, and my dad, he has like, when he gets pissed at me, he always just gives this quintessential damn it, Noah, like, just like, <laughs> like, it is, like, his thing he always says, and we get outside, and, like, like, <laughs> he saw this dead cat just floating in the middle of our pool, Aww. and he's just, like, you have ruined my whole Saturday, you have ruined my whole weekend, like, this dead cat, like, he had to get in the water, go get this thing, <laughs> take it out, and, like, my mom is just, like, 
so furious with me that, like, this is happening because this is going to cost us money. Like, we need to drain our pool and everything now. And uh, he pulls it out of the water, and, like, this thing's, like, as stiff as a board. And he turns it over where it's, like, its mouth is, like, south to the ground, and all this water's just coming out of its mouth. And I'm like, do you think we could save it? And he's like, no, I don't think we could save it. (laughs) (laughs) And, like... I think I was, like, late to my game that day, and, like, the coaches were like, where were you guys? And my dad's just like, I don't I don't even want to talk about it. That's such an innocent, like, 11-year-old response. I was, like, I was like, I don't know. Like, 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 you see that in a cartoon, like, you know, like, 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 Tom and Jerry used to beat the shit out of each other with, like, hammers, oh. and they were alive, so, like, why, what, this cat's clearly, like, petrified, literally, like, it is just stiff as a board and it's just dead and my dad's just holding it by the tail and it's like it's literally like uh what is it um when you like shoot an animal and get it stuffed it taxidermy yeah it's taxidermy and like it's like it's like that like i mean if we wanted to we could have had like a little model cat in our front yard because that thing was just a rock for whenever we all go go a little mad sometimes yeah and um it just died and my sister refused to believe that it would... Cassidy, God bless her heart, just thought it was an inside job. She thought, like, someone murdered this cat. Like, there's no way this cat could have just fallen in the pool. So, like, she was, like, trying to investigate it. And I just wanted to be like, Cassidy, like, no, this is 100% my fault. Like, I can't... I, accidentally, I, I accidentally, I killed this cat. And I guess the way we round this up is the fact that uh, maybe... Payback was an order that, like, because I killed a cat when I was 11 on accident, that you had to bury I had to a cat bury later. a cat two years later, my ah. first day of work. So there we go. So the, the lesson is here, folks, never sign up to cut someone's grass in Eldersville. No, the, and the, always put your pool covers on, even if it's an above-ground pool. The moral of the story is you're never going to see my cat. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not liking this track record here. <laughs> We, I had two cats growing up, too, and they never, they never, I got along great with them. They were never in harm. Carmel and Amy and, oh, I had cats before that, too, but they clawed me in the face, so we had to get rid of them. Yeah. But that's my cat stories. So. Well. Yeah. I got other stories I could talk about, so yeah, we can, we can save the other stories oh, okay. for a rainy day. But uh, with the baseball season coming up, I knew that we had to get these in because we're actually going to have baseball to talk about here in a little bit. Finally. Finally. So those are Noah's cat stories that I know maybe like two of you were waiting to hear from. So let me know what you thought of my cat stories. Reach, uh, let Alex know as well. Uh, we're can, they can find us on Twitter at Alex J. Stump at Noah underscore Hiles 95 Follow our podcast on Twitter at River Blast Radio. Hopefully, this baseball season we actually like become a little bit more interactive with our Twitter account. Yeah. On um, you know, like with the account itself. Uh, but we'll always interact with you. We're looking forward to uh, talk some baseball with you as opening day is only a couple weeks away. Uh, and see you guys down at PNC Park this year. Uh, Alex, any final thoughts? At the beginning of this episode, I said this was going to be the morbid episode. Yeah. I did. It, it was. I mean. It was. Yeah. I mean, did you look at me, did you look at me any different now that you know about the cat stories? 
I mean, can you blame an 11 year old? No, like, no. Like, I mean, I'm not a bad guy. No, I mean, you did what everyone, every other 11 year old did forgot on the Sims to, back in the early yeah. 2000s. I just forgot to put the pool cover on. I didn't know the cat was no really going to. Yeah, I didn't know the cat was going to jump in there and just didn't know the cats can't swim. Maybe it did. That's how it got to the middle of the pool. But at, speaking maybe of maybe it was an inside job. I don't know. Yeah, you're being framed. Maybe. I am going to say as the older brother, though, I do know what it's like whenever your little sister wakes up crying. That's hilarious. I mean, that is it's, like... It's funny... hilarious whenever you're not at all responsible. No, I mean, I, I found that still very funny. Like, Cassidy, oh, okay. Cassidy knew this cat for two days and acted like she had this cat for her whole life. Oh, okay. We used to have goldfish funerals when I was a kid, too. Like, Cassidy would win a freaking goldfish at a fair and, like, it would die, like, five hours later. And we, we had yeah, a, we We've had... had goldfish funerals. We had a wedding for my sister's two teddy bears. Alright, we're getting after the rails. Yes, here. we are. Alright. <laughs> so, we will see you next time, folks. Follow us on t- social media. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe, share, do all the good stuff. And uh, we always sign off saying, as always, let's go, Bucks. Hide your cats. Hide your cats.